0: They don't call them uh, great ghosts for nothing.
1: If I got a 1,000 decoys or, or two thousand, three thousand decoys out there, we need to sound like that many birds.
0: These animals are playing basically a life-or-death game of hide-and-seek, and they're just good at it.
2: The, the cool part about archery is that you can geek out at deep as you want to go
0: it is their job their sole job is to stay alive that's that's what they do day in and day out the sense of accomplishment is unreal when you put in that much work even though they're passions of mine it's you know it still takes a back seat to being a dad and being a husband so doing is better than talking and he had that whole basin lit up with a laser light show machine (laughs) it's a healthy thing to have passion like this hey what's going on everyone another episode of the mountain vision podcast here uh, on this episode, Chris Prentice and Ryan McPhail came over to my house, and we put together—I should say—Chris uh, put together <laughs> an awesome meal, dude. He so he this 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 episode's about his bison hunt uh, in Wyoming, and he brought some of that meat over. He brought over—he uh, made bison burgers and uh, bison backstrap, and it was unbelievable. Oh, and some uh, homemade Caesar dressing for the uh, salad. It was amazing. Um, this episode is pretty awesome. His 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 hunt story was freaking off the hook, and I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, actually, it's kind of funny. I really didn't even talk that much in this episode. Ryan, Ryan and Chris kind of talked for a while, and I just kind of just—they they had such a good conversation going. I sort of just sat back and just kind of chimed in here and there, but— I just enjoyed enjoyed hearing the story, and um, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed as well. Stay tuned. Yeah, we're recording. All right, live right now, folks. Yeah, <laughs> we're at the uh, we're in my garage, in the quote unquote studio. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris Prentice is here, and Ryan McPhail. Um Chris went on a badass bison hunt this past season, and we just got done eating some of it, and it was freaking delicious. Oh yeah, yeah. It was fantastic! Actually,
1: thank you very much, Chris. That was good meat—backstraps and burgers. You like his meat? And beers, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And beers, which is good. Yep. So. Some
2: Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> some tube
0: <tombsticks. laughs> uh, Oh Jesus. <clears throat> so, anyways, uh, yeah. So I met Chris. Uh, what? Well, When did we meet, Ryan? I guess when you came over here for the, when we did a podcast, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So we met, we became buddies and we go shoot every once in a while. And then we decided to hit up the team whiskey shoot last season. Yep. And uh, that's where I met Chris. Ryan and Chris were already buddies. So yeah. Yeah, So anyways. What
1: happened was Taylor uh, Wells, who you had on the show, was supposed to come. And then he moved to Wairica. And so then it was an open spot and I'm like, there's only one guy oh, I yeah, know yeah. that will last minute show up to an archery shoot, and that's Chris. <laughs> and that's me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I hit up Chris, and Chris was like, I'm in. Yeah. And there, and then it's all history from there, so. Yeah,
2: that yeah. was a good shoot. Oh, dude. It was yeah, fun. Was I, fun. Shot. I
1: shot horribly, but it was fun.
2: I started strong and faded hard. Oh, dude. It
1: was, it's gnarly. <laughs> Lost it's not, a lot of arrows on that one. <laughs> yeah. It's not dude. easy. That, that, that shoot's not easy at that all. That was
2: dude. a very difficult shoot. Yeah. Uh-huh. They had some very, realis- very realistic, realistic
1: situations, yeah. yeah. Yep. I think the best one was uh, that last target, that elk. I think it was yeah. like, like hundred yards, yards or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 100 yards. Like that. And uh, the guy we were shooting with, um, <laughs> he, I forget what happened. He only had a pin for 50 yards and he he just double, tried to like- He double stacked. <laughs> he double, yeah, yeah. He double stacked, bounced it off the ground and put it right in the money spot. Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> So that was freaking awesome. I
0: can't think of his name off the top of my head. Anyways. Nick? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. Nick Burns. Yeah. Nick
1: Burns, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nicky Burns.
2: No, nope, that was a good time. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. I lost a lot of arrows on that one, dude. I that actually, was an expensive
0: shoot. I actually didn't lose any, and and that was when I first bought that. Remember, I bought the bow oh, the day bought, before. You bought your bow the, the day, day before, before. Yeah. and sighted yeah. it in. And and I sighted it like, in in this neighborhood, right up around the corner. I thought you were crazy for <laughs> well, coming with bow, a brand new your bow.
1: Hoy, what delaminated? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. It's I'll show you later, but it's uh-huh. yeah. It's yeah. like. Delaminated on one of the limbs. His limb, yeah, his limb was coming apart. That's so gnarly. Yeah, I I forgot we went to West Coast. Yeah, the day before I drove down to West Coast in Petaluma. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good (laughs) archery
2: shop, from what I hear.
0: Yeah, they're yeah they were awesome, and they uh, yeah they set me up. Rudy worked with me and set it up and got me all dialed and yeah, dude, it was. It, that dude, you shot was, good. I, lo- too. I loved Yeah, you shot really good. Yeah, yeah it wasn't really bad. bad. Yeah. Those it was, it was you didn't I mean, miss a target. I lost it. Yeah. I
1: lost a couple. I lost. A, you know what? I think the first target I lost an arrow. I
2: was lucky. I, I was lucky. I brought you know ten arrows because <laughs> I, I think it was down to four at the end. <laughs> yeah, and I'm usually better than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like I gotta get a I gotta get freaking a hook on some uh, VAP uh, arrows because I'm running through them lately. Well, there's yeah. that
0: dude uh, that was up there at the yeah. at the booth. No, I God, know. What's his name? I'm so horrible at names. I yeah. talked to him forever. The next weekend we went to the West Coast or the... Uh, oh, you yeah, had the broadhead, broadhead shoot. broadhead shoot. And he was yeah. down there. Dude, I talked to him all weekend. Oh, yeah. And I can't remember his name off the top of my head. You know,
2: I actually picked up some of those annihilators. So did I. I brought them oh, on I my bison too. hunt. That was <laughs> going to be my main oh, did broadhead. You so what did yep. you end up shooting? Uh No, actually, I had those annihilators as my main oh, broadhead. Oh, dude, that's... And legit. then I actually... So I went up to the Bow Rack up in Springfield, Oregon. Yep. And got my bow tuned right before I left and talked about a top-notch shop, man. Oh, really? They are top-notch. That's what I've heard. I mean, of. I follow them on Instagram. Unreal. But yeah, they're, like, yeah. They'll bring out stuff you've never seen before. Yes. Yeah, see, and dial yeah, your bow cool. in. So yeah, my bow cool. was on point, shooting faster yep. than it had straight from the factory.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, did you have a weight limit? Well, I know we're going to get into it. But for that um, bison hunt, did they have like a requirement as far it's as 50 weight? pounds. Oh, it's fifty pounds. Fifty that's pounds.
2: It? That's it. Huh. And then Is a seven arrow eight, weight or no? Uh, fifty pound draw. Oh, okay. And then uh, they didn't have an arrow weight. Oh. And then a the standard 7 8 inch broadhead. Oh wow! Yeah, huh.
1: that's pretty cool. Because I know, like, some states they have like an arrow weight. You got to have four hundred grain arrow or above or something like that. Blah blah blah. But yeah, that's cool. Not not for Wyoming. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Huh.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah no, I definitely
2: went into it with. Uh, you know, a broadhead and arrow combination that was in pushing 600, 600 oh, yeah. grains. Yeah. So, you know, I was, <laughs> I was chucking harpoons down there. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. say, yeah. <laughs> but with that new tune on my bow, I actually had, for the first time in a couple of years, I had to adjust my sight. Uh, and adjust my pins because oh, it was shooting faster. That much speed, yeah. It was shooting that much faster. That's gnarly. It was. That it was insane. And I was—I mean, I was ready to take it down with the bow. Yeah. But back up, you know, would be the rifle. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: you, you have to. Yeah. Uh, at a hunt like that, you got to bring them both.
2: And and my outfitter, you know, I told him that I wanted it to be an archery hunt. Yeah. And he set it up to be, but, you know, after being there for a couple of days, the just the realization that if you're going to do an archery hunt like that in Wyoming for bison, you're pretty much going to have to be a resident. Yeah. Because the, the border from where you can shoot them in, you know, in the forest outside of the national park, they just, they know that line. They have just been killed so many times right at that line that they know they know where the line is. Yeah. And Dude, they very, like very infrequently, they'll meander, but they don't meander far. I mean, they if like meander Out of 50 range, to yeah. 70 yards across the line. So for you to do it with a bow, it has to be just an absolute perfect situation. Yeah. You probably got to yeah. be
0: there the whole yeah. season and yep. know the line real well. And all Oh, yeah. yeah. And the line is not,
2: it's not marked like you would think on a national park and a hunting boundary that it would be really well marked. Yeah. There's certain sections where you have no idea where the boundary is. Yeah. Oh. And I'm just relying on on the outfitter that I hired to tell me like, "Oh yeah, that like right there is the line." Yeah. And there's yeah. nothing to mark it. Sometimes there would be like a red T post, <laughs> fence stake. Sometimes there would be nothing, dude. There would oh, be huge shit. sections where you have no idea. And then occasionally you would find like a like a normal boundary marker that yeah. actually has a sign on it that says, like, this is the difference <laughs> between entering the national park and, you know, the forest boundary. Oh, my
0: gosh. So that's all on on Onyx, though, right? Or- it is on oh. Onyx.
2: I didn't really honestly bring out my Onyx. Like, yeah. Because I was with my outfitter. Yeah, if he knows. Then he lives there. Kind of, yeah, uh, he. Yeah, yeah he's he familiar. Rides he, he's done that hunt. He before. rides the park. He's been doing it since yeah. 2017. Oh yeah. Is Who'd he, you? What outfitter did you go so with? So I went with um, uh, it's Martin Outfitters, and the owner Dan Martin is who I went with.
1: How'd you find them?
2: So I actually. So let's back up. Mm-hmm. So I. Well, that's what we were talking about
1: before the show. Yeah, I think I'm really curious as far as like, I know we, we have a bunch of questions, but I'm curious on how it is that you went about the, from applying to drawing the tag to then making the hunt like actually happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's something that I'm super curious. I know Sean, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's
0: a lot of people that are probably
1: that are curious on how that comes about. Yeah.
2: So bison of bison has always been one of the species that I've always wanted to hunt since I was like five years old watching, uh, Marty Stauffer's wild America. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was old school show, but great. And he, he showed like, he showcased a lot of like iconic American or North American animals Mm -hmm. and he did a really good job of photographing them and videoing them. And it was just one of those species where I was like, I need to, before I die hunt a wild bison. Yeah. And so in college, one of my roommates was a big game hunter, and he had he had done a lot out of state hunting. He basically tried to ruin my dream and told me like the species happen. that you wanna hunt that are on your top list, your bucket list, those are the hardest tags in the United States to draw. <laughs> He's <laughs> like a bison is virtually a wild bison tag to draw that is virtually impossible. So I did a lot of research uh through uh, Go hunt and Hunt and Fool, or like the main two. Subscriptions that I that I that I dedicate to, so uh, both of those say that your best odds of drawing a wild bison tag is in Wyoming, mm-hmm. and I, I'm I, I speak for the truth. It is uh, second year applying. I drew the tag. Yeah, and m- and my outfitter said, you know I I take guys on elk hunts that apply every year, and they've been doing it for thirty years and they still have not drawn. Wow, and these That's are weird. residents of Wyoming where. of the tags are dedicated to um, the the residents and 25% are dedicated to non-residents. So there's a hundred total tags. So 75 go to residents and 25 are dedicated to non-resident. Oh, wow. So that's gnarly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And, and your draw odds, you know, because the price is so high, it's $4,500 just to apply and you have to, Put that money up front. Up front. Up front. You have to pay forty-five hundred dollars. They'll refund you the the tag price if you're not drawn, but it'll you have to. But it's
1: the same process as applying for any tag. Yeah, basically. You you go on Wyoming Fishing Game website.
2: You go on their Fishing Game website. It actually just opened up uh, January third and closes uh, sometime in February. Mm -hmm. Is is the application period for wild bison? Yep. And you have to go in, and, and when you apply for that tag, you have to pay. You pay the forty right five hundred dollars. Yeah. Yep, they <laughs> That's crazy. they they hit the credit card hard. <laughs> yeah. They hit it hard right from yeah. the get go. Yep. And um, if you don't draw, obviously they refund They're you, refund you. Um, everything except the application fee, which uh, is oh yeah, I think like three percent. So is Wyoming license fee too? I can't like, remember.
1: Is Wyoming license fee too? I can't. Do you have to buy a license to apply? I don't know. I think
2: I don't think so. You can do it. Conti- I, I believe you can do yeah. it contingent upon drawing. Yeah, I have to. can't really, I remember. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they're very much though. Really, like, yeah, no. In, so. in relation to other tags and yeah, exactly. other states, yeah. their their uh, their license fee is not. I think it's like sixty bucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's Minim- minimal right. charge. I think I have a couple points in Wyoming, but I need to start dialing that
3: back in.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so okay. So you applied. So I applied. Put in my application, True. and that was in February, and then um, so somewhere around uh, late April, I decided to change my change my job, and so I was going to have two weeks of vacation, and me and my wife got married in 2019, so uh, we decided, hey, let's our honeymoon got canceled. Uh, we were going to go to New Zealand and Australia. Well, they shut nice. down because of COVID, so. Neither of us had been to uh, Yellowstone, so we decided, hey, let's take, you know, one of those weeks and go, go. check out everything that Yellowstone has to offer. Yeah. And so indeed, so we went and, and cruised around Yellowstone. We saw a ton of bison, super awesome. You know, I knew I had an application in, and I was just just hoping that, you know, something would, something would happen. Yeah. And, and I was actually, we were sitting at Old Faithful um, on our honeymoon, and I got a text from one of my buddies that said hey the wyoming draw results are in and i'd applied for moose as well oh yeah which is a 1200 hundred dollar tag yeah which you have to you know so i was in at a good yeah, yeah like <laughs> almost, six, go, so yeah. almost six almost six thousand dollars i was into wyoming does your, does your wife know these numbers yeah. or? Uh, <laughs> yeah. this, this is not public record yet. no this is not this is <laughs> she this knows is, now uh, yeah no she'll know now yes she'll yeah <laughs> yeah i just kind of tell her you know they're they're
1: yeah, it, it's going to they're cost expensive,
2: a bit, like... or, or they're not really expensive. I don't really give her a figure. <laughs> You're of, of like what I usually have, like a ten thousand dollar budget yeah. for big <laughs> <Yeah>. game <laughs> applications <laughs> across the West, and I apply oh, yeah. it. I think eighteen different states. Oh yeah, and Do you really? pretty much yeah, every Dang. pretty much every every animal I can apply for in the Western states, plus Maine moose and Alaska muskox and bison and, and in Alaska, yeah. yeah. Since yeah. I drew, since I drew in Wyoming, I'm I'm only applying for musk ox in Alaska now. Oh wow! But um, yeah, so I have a, I have a fairly large uh, yeah you big game budget. Have, yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of it goes on the credit cards. You know? <laughs> yeah. A lot of it goes on the credit cards, which <laughs> I just pay off. But um, you just gotta
0: pay it off before the next year hits. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: ab- absolutely. This one's gonna be a little bit tougher because the uh, monetary value of like what I just spent was. Uh, significantly higher than what <laughs> yeah. I was expecting. I said, all said and done, I'll probably have, including taxidermy, probably 16 to 18,000 yeah. wrapped up Holy in it. Holy smokes. Total. Yeah. You know, yeah. Every little, everything adds but up. But it's a once in a lifetime. It's deal. a once in a lifetime deal. Yeah. I'll never, I can never apply for a, a Wyoming, Wyoming bull tag. tag.
0: Yeah. Oh, they only let you do it once? Once in a lifetime. Oh, okay.
2: Uh, if you, if you harvest. Okay. So if you don't <laughs> harvest... Then it, there's a five-year waiting period um, before you can reapply. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So it, it kind of evens the odds. It's a lottery draw. There's no points involved, so everybody has um, an equal opportunity in the draw.
1: okay. Huh. Okay. That, okay, that's yeah. what that was one thing I was curious about. Yeah, it's
2: it's kind of like. Uh, like Idaho tags, yes, where, where yes. it's a lottery. It's a true lottery. It's a true lottery, yeah. just for certain species, and I believe yeah. wild bison is wild is, bison is one of them. Yeah. Just drawing cool. a number out of a hat, yeah, yeah literally, yeah. Yep, yep. Just just getting lucky. So so, so then I'm you... sitting at Old Faithful, I get uh-huh. a text, and my buddy says, "Hey, the moose results are in." So I'm like, I'm, "You know, I, I really kind of figured that that uh, bison was kind of out of the question." Uh-huh. We're sitting there waiting for Old Faithful to go off, and it was one of the rare spots in the park that I had reception. So I pull up in my phone and I pull up Wyoming Game and Fish website, log in, and I'm scrolling in, and the first thing it says is moose, and it says unsuccessful. Yeah. And I kind of scroll down a little bit, and I see successful, and I'm kind of drawing a blank. I'm like, what did I just draw? <laughs> yeah. And I look, at, I look at my phone, and it says wild bison successful on a bull tag. And I kind of just sat there like stupefied for a minute. My wife looked over at me and she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, well, I, I just drew a wild bison tag. I just got myself into I just, something. Yeah, I, just, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I just opened up a huge can Wait, of worms. You're so mad yeah. at me and you don't even know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I just kind of looked at my phone in disbelief for a couple minutes and you know, the hugs went all around, and oh, yeah, there were some people that were sitting there, and 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 they were big game hunters from Wyoming Dude, that's as well. Crazy,
1: you were in Wyoming, in Wyoming, yeah. oh, you were, oh, okay. sitting at yeah, yeah, Old Faithful.
2: How right. like, they couldn't have happened at a better location. Yeah, that's like to sit cool. there and find out, like on my honeymoon. Yeah,
1: once in a lifetime, once, thing, in, a lifetime. In, a once in a lifetime event. You know. What I mean? yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's, yeah, that's
2: really cool. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I, so then then the work begins. Then the works. <laughs> then the work begins. <laughs> yeah. So uh, immediately after that. I, I sent an email to Hunt and Fool. They have a thing called uh, a member tag draw service. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's drawn a tag and is a member of Hunt and Fool, um, you can get uh, a member list of people who have previously drawn that tag. Mm-hmm. So then you get a phone number and an email and a, and a contact name. And so I just kind of went down through the list while I was you know, on my honeymoon, sending emails to these guys. And I also hit up Hunt and Fool for their <laughs> For their guide, um, their guide list oh, that hunts yeah, wild yeah. bison yeah. in in Wyoming. Do you are you required to get have a guide? You are not. Okay, you're not. You are required, not even yeah. as a, as a non-resident. But um,
1: if in a wilderness area, Wyoming, you're required to
2: have a guide. Right? In in Wyoming, in a wilderness area, you're required to have a guide. Yeah, but, but this isn't necessarily that here. is for trophy game animals, and oh. they consider, they consider a bison something different. They consider it. Um, I'm not quite sure on what the nomenclature is on it, but it is not classified Classified as 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 a trophy big game animal. So technically you are not required. Oh, that's cool. You are not required to have a guide. Mm -hmm.
1: But I mean, if you're getting a once in a lifetime tag, you're not going to (laughs) risk going out there blind.
2: So bison are, they stand about six feet tall at the shoulders and they weigh upwards of 2000 pounds plus. And I knew... That I wanted to do a winter hunt because that's when, if you look at the statistics, the most people that are successful are successful in December and January. Uh, is there a season? Yeah, there is. It's August 15th through January 31st. Oh, well, So it's, it's a long season. It's a very long season. Yeah. Hmm. And, that's cool. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the success numbers. Like they've been gradually dropping since they introduced, I, I believe the tag started in, in 1996, and around that time it was like high 90s to 100% success. Mm. It's recently dropped to a sub 25% success rate. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's it's I mean it's, it's dropped a lot. It has yeah. dropped significantly, and I think a lot of that is just the educating the bison on where they can be hunted and where they're safe. And literally, they know the line. Like, they they do not leave the park unless food starts getting scarce or snow starts getting deep. Yeah. So, I wanted a winter hunt. And so, I was looking at the December, late December, a, a, a time frame where I could get potentially at least one week off from work, if not two weeks if I was unsuccessful. I could do a week by myself out there. And, you know, I, I figured... Over the Christmas break and then into the New year break, like that would be my best window to be successful. And if I wasn't successful with a guide, I could at least spend another week there and you know try to make it happen. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, so I got their guide list, and while I was in Wyoming, I hit up uh, the three um the three guides that they recommended. It was a uh, tagging drag, and then um, Martin Outfitters. And then another guy, um, his name's Puck. I'm not quite familiar with what his outfit, outfit was, yeah. but um so I went on on instagram and and kind of so perused scrolling yeah yeah, peruse their websites or peruse their site and uh and Dan Martin definitely looked like he was a bison killer yeah, he was the guy two thousand nineteen uh, or two thousand twenty one season they killed he killed nineteen bison nineteen out of twenty one so he was Ninety-five percent success. Yeah, and yeah. so um, I actually talked to Taylor Wells uh-huh. about it, and and he had a friend who hunted last year, um, unguided, but he's a he's a Wyoming local. Yeah, and he said the locals recommend Dan Yeah, Taylor hmm. lived
1: out there for a while too. I okay. Think. Yeah. Yeah. In Wyoming. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah,
2: and so sure Dan. Dan runs a, he runs a top-notch outfit. Like, oh, yeah. It is. That's cool. It it's, is everything I could have hoped that hunt to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, just from looking at the social media, it was like, dude, this is an adventure's adventure. You know? like yeah. Yeah. This is pretty gnarly.
2: Wyoming backcountry, like, snow, horses, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. the whole nine yards. It's yeah, like, that's so So, I, I just knew, like, getting my friends out there to, like, take their vacation time, Away from their family around Christmas, like mm-hmm. probably was not going to happen. Easy. <laughs> and the logistics behind it—I mean, a bison front shoulder weighs 150 to 170 <laughs> yeah. pounds. That's that's <laughs> one excruciating backpack loadout, and and their back quarters weigh like one twenty to one thirty or forty. Oh, yeah. So it I didn't even happen. There's it's four trips alone just to get the quarters out. Yeah. The back straps <laughs> would be a separate load in themselves. The back straps were uh, about five feet long and they weighed 50 to 60 pounds a piece. And <laughs> so you know, crazy. And, and then you have your Me and Sean are looking mate. at each other. Just, we don't understand. It's, it's <laughs> just, it's mind boggling when you, when you walk up to an animal that size, like just the work, I mean, you, you know, what kind of work is involved I've, I've killed a couple elk, so I, I know what it, what it takes to break down an elk that's roughly a 1,000 pounds. You're doubling that. Dude, I cry about the little forky that I shot
1: a couple of years ago. <laughs> Half a mile. Yeah. And, let alone something bigger than that. And I, like I
2: think first day we rode uh, between 10 and 12 miles. Yeah,
1: and that's, not, that's not easy either. It, it,
2: it's probably three miles just to get to like, the areas that the, that the bison frequently I mean. come out of the park. So, yeah, I mean, I just, just logistically wise, like i I knew, yeah, you had that it, a, yeah, that, that an outfitter would be probably my best bet at being successful and and just they they know the area, yeah, you know,
1: so you put a call into them, yeah,
2: so I put a call in, uh got a call back from um so Dan Martin, Martin Outfitters, um, he called me back right away, and said, yeah, like you know after the draw, I started booking up, so." Start thinking about dates that you want to, uh, to book your hunt and we'll go from there. So he gave me a couple days. Um, and I'd also contacted the other guy, Buck and, you know, wasn't too impressed like with his outfit, but you know, he, he focuses on different things and Uh, bison is just kind of a byproduct. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a filler hunt. It comes in. Most of the guys fill the, like on their outfitters, they, they fill those hunts. November, December after the elk and deer. Yeah. After the elk and deer hunts. So I I really wanted like a winter snow hunt. Oh, yeah. I wanted the, like the full Wyoming full, yeah. winter experience. Full experience, yeah. 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 And I also wanted a cape that would be like full. very
1: filled up. Yep. Yep. Yeah, which makes sense. Because you see like their summer, their summer, they're patchy. Yeah. They kind of yeah. look, yeah. Yeah,
2: they have, they have a real predominant front half from the front shoulder forward is... Is is more haired up uh-huh. with their mop on the top and a beard. Uh-huh. Um and in in the wintertime, time their full hair, that front hair gets like really it's probably thick. six inches thick. Jeez. Six inches thick at the hump. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of it's wool, basically. Yeah. yeah.
1: Dude, that is awesome. Man. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So so then you travel out there, but that's just knowing here in California, it was gnarly.
2: Yeah, it was yeah, we were experiencing some severe, yeah. severe storms. So I booked my hunt for December 27th through the 31st. Um, I was going to fly, fly out and drive back. I figured if I, if I book a one-way ticket, I have no excuse to not be successful. You know, <laughs> no excuse. I was not going to get back on a flight with a gun and a bow and go through that rigmarole again and try and experience oh, that. That's funny. So, yeah. So, I I left, uh, went up to my parents' house for Christmas. Did that with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, found out me and my wife are gonna have a boy in June. So that was That's super right, cool. We dude, did a congrats. fun reveal. Yeah. And amazing. then, um, yeah, left Christmas night. Went back home. Got all my food, my food preparations together because I was gonna be staying in a town called Moran, which I I guess you, it was a quasi town. There's. 30, 40 residents maybe and yeah. a school. There's no oh, yeah. real place to no eat or get food. Or no yeah, no yeah. gas. No. The, the nearest gas <laughs> station was uh, 40 miles away in Jackson. So it was like bring all your food out, travel with your food, travel with everything, get up there and then you're out. And you're you're there, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I booked a reservation at a place called uh, Heart Six Ranch. And they have it was great. I mean it was fantastic. Other than the first night, but we'll get into that. Um, uh, So I had a really nice room out there and they're just these little cabins and they're literally right across the street from where you start hunting. Oh, wow. So I made it super convenient. I didn't want to do the 40 minute drive from Jackson and hotels in Jackson around Christmas are super expensive. uh Everybody wants to travel there and go skiing. Yeah. So average night would have been three, four hundred bucks a night. Yeah.
1: Holy oh, yeah. Smokes. yeah. 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 And then, and and now you just wake up and you're gone.
2: You wake up, my guide picks me up right there and and yeah. we leave. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah it was nice. Really cool. It made it really Yeah, that's cool. really I, it cut down on the stress level, mm-hmm. you know. One less thing I had to worry about. You know, you never know the conditions like it could be my guide said prepare for anything from like 20 degrees to negative <laughs> 20. Yeah.
0: You, cold or colder cold <laughs> or colder exactly
2: <laughs> exactly so um being an archery guy like i, I usually hunt august and september yeah and it's yeah. anywhere from 90 to, 70, <laughs> to <laughs> 70 to 100 yeah exactly so i i only had warm weather gear uh-huh. so of course i made the trip down to dixon and oh yeah and and, and stopped by QU and yep. tried on some new gear i i actually bought the the gale force bibs oh you did yeah i bought the gale force bibs and the gale force top yeah and then i had enough like mid mid layers underneath with puffies as well did you
1: like them when you were out there
2: phenomenal really phenomenal yeah i anybody that's doing a super cold weather hunt where the elements are going to be involved like just do yourself the service and i also knew that like riding on a horseback i could get like a backdraft of cold wind. Yep. The nice part about the gale force is it has its bibs with with overall with straps. Overall straps. And it also has a back gaiter that comes up like mid-back yeah. to keep wind drift from coming in. Dude, so that's I was, crazy. I was thinking about like kind of all the elements all, involved. Yeah. Dude, that yeah. is awesome. A lot of logistics. I mean, oh, yeah. I would say more logistics went into this than any of my other hunts. Other hunts, like, yeah. Un- yeah. Unreal, like... It was kind of stifling at times, like just trying to get everything together. I yeah. I have a notebook full of like gear and supplies and what I needed. And, you know, yeah. the, only, the only gear that I didn't, that wasn't up to par was my boots. Oh, really? My boots were yeah. uh, uninsulated and I figured a couple layers, two layers of socks plus... What was the guide wearing? Um, he was wearing... I'm not sure the brand but uh, they were like they pack were boots. They were kind of like um uh what's the uh it starts with an s. I can't think of it right now. Schnees Schne- uh, no, no, not Schnees. Schnees. Um they're more of like a a rubber rand all the way across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um
1: I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, like a Packer boot, they call them, I think. They're yeah, like they're rated for rubber. negative 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a
2: thick layer of wool on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah what's
1: the name of that brand? You yep. can't think of it right now. Yeah, it'll, it'll either come way. Me. Yeah. But,
2: yeah. yeah, I guess my boots were like probably the one-week link. Uh-huh. You know, I had big, I had the, um, the Kuyu um, uh, North Star Glomits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I would put nice. like a, a heat warmer inside of those, uh-huh. which was great because I was wearing a pair of, oh, of mittens. Yeah, they're oh, the yeah. mittens with the with the one finger. Yeah, um, they were fantastic. They were top notch. Really, but I was also wearing a pair of um, liner, like merino gloves. liners or yep.
1: whatever. Yeah, yeah, Yep.
2: yep. Huh. I was wearing yeah. a pair of merino liners. That like, yeah,
1: because dude, I I, can't, I couldn't even imagine how to prepare for this. I knew, I
2: knew when it came game well, I time. I remember when you
0: bought all this stuff, you were like, oh, I think I just bought, well, like, I don't know, bought Kuyu yeah, yeah. <laughs> out of yeah. stock or yeah. whatever. <laughs> like, oh, it's like, he's getting I have, ready. Like, I have one of <laughs> yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I, I, I love their brand. I met Jason a couple times. I met his dad at the sheep show uh, yeah. last week. Um, oh, yeah. Was great, he was there. great people, uh-huh. great company. I just, I, well,
1: it's nice they're local
2: yeah and mm-hmm. it, yeah being local here to uh sacramento is is really convenient yeah it's a 35 minute drive for me yeah and i know I you know tiffany and yeah and uh cody that work in the shop there and they're, yeah. they're great people too and every time i come in they they recognize me oh and, yeah yeah and yep
1: which is always nice it's nice yes yeah. it is it is so that's cool i mean um, cool. their gears is it's top notch it's yeah just, I've it's never hard had an issue. Uh-huh. It's hard to be. I know. Really Nowadays, is. too, it's like all the gear. Because I, I had a bunch of Kuyu stuff, and then um, I've had, I've got like a bunch of, not a bunch, but some Sitka stuff, and then I've got a little bit of first sight, and I'm like, dude, this is all good. Yeah. It's all freaking it's expensive. It's really nice gear. But it's good. It's soft yeah. gear. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. So. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, whatever brand you're loyal to, like, mm-hmm. go with it. Yep. I just happen to be loyal to Kuyu. Well, I just yeah. think
0: since they're, like, direct-to-consumer, it's like... I think they're the pr- price wise. I think it's just hard to beat. It, it <laughs> yeah, really it's is. Hard it, to it's like a, real... What you get for your money. I mean,
2: I went into it, you know, thinking like, man, this is gonna be really, really cold. Like yeah. the potential to be, you know, fro- like freezing, negative. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you just have to be ready for it because your hung won't last very long at at negative one yeah. with a negative twenty wind chill. <laughs> yeah. Like I guess my face mask was another like thing that I probably should have thought about a little bit more. I just had my neck gaiter that I Dude the
1: beard. The beard
2: holds the cold. You know, (laughs) actually (laughs) uh, um, when we were on our honeymoon and I, and I found out I drew, it had been a couple months since I cut my beard and I'm like, I'm gonna let it go. I'm going to have yeah, my, I'm gonna have a bison it. beard. <laughs> bison I'm gonna have my bison exactly. beard going. Yep. So yeah, yeah it's it's uh. It's starting to get in the way. It's starting to get in the way now. <laughs> my wife asked me like, you know, if, if I'm ever gonna cut it, and I think it, I think I'm gonna go at least till February. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. see how it goes like a full <laughs> year. I'm not cutting it. Yeah, and then evaluate it from there. Do you even trim it or anything? Nothing. Nothing. I have not touched (laughs) it. I I trim the mustache because it gets into my mouth. Yeah, yeah. And and like my wife, she's like, "I'm not kissing you." Yeah. No, no. She looks at me with disgust. Like after eating, sometimes like like the the burgers that we just (laughs) had. Like usually they'll they'll be in the beard like in the oh, bottom all the way they'll be yeah. up in the mustache like it'll yeah. it'll just be a mess and she looks at me like with disdain and just like oh my gosh all okay, right I <laughs> yeah it's, it's I, I, like, I can't even look at you right now you're just like i you could have done so like, much better
0: like, yeah, yeah yeah you you just look
2: like a hillbilly right now so no offense <laughs> to any hillbillies out there yeah. <laughs> love you guys yeah but uh yeah, my wife just looks at me with disdain <laughs> sometimes. So, I try to keep the mustache keep the like mustache tamed. Yeah, yeah, keep it yeah, exactly. That's a good <laughs> yeah. word for it. <laughs> yeah, keep it yeah. tamed. That is so. funny.
1: So, sweet. So, now
2: you're all like you what you travel
1: there. That's what I'm curious yeah. about too. So, you so did I, you fly? I,
2: I booked a flight mm-hmm. and I was looking at rental cars in Jackson at that time. I was originally supposed to fly from Sacramento to Seattle, Seattle to Jackson. Uh. And their rental car selection was like cars. They had no trucks, and I'm like, huh. I, need I, need <laughs> I need a truck. I need a truck. I need a truck. I'm I'm not gonna load a Prius I mean, down with do like a thousand. Subaru
0: station wagon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, give me
2: something dude, here, dude, dude. Don't mind the blood in yeah. the back, but yeah. yeah. If like, the Prius has airbags, then we'll be good. But you, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I saw an elk loaded into a Prius, but <laughs> I was not about to do it with no, a bison. No, no, no. Like, so they mm. and I kept looking from like. July, all the way up until, like, November. They they had no stock. Like, I would look literally every day to see, like, what was updated, you know, to see if somebody canceled yeah. a reservation, but they never had anything come through that would have been adequate for what I was going to do. So, I decided, um, like, in the last week, a week before my hunt, I canceled my flight. I rebooked my flight from sacramento to salt lake city salt lake city to idaho falls because idaho falls had trucks available, trucks available yeah. and i was i i i figured like hey let's just do it with a That's i i'm saving like several thousand dollars yeah and a u-haul <laughs> for the whole trip was what two days would have been so that's what you rented a u-haul i rented a u-haul truck not a yeah, u-haul yeah, box yeah, yeah. truck like the flatbed uh no no like a pickup truck pickup, oh like a, okay yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a dodge it was a dodge pickup dodge like pickup, yeah. uh huh. 1500 dude people aren't thinking about this it's uh, honestly if yeah if you're if you're planning like a, a long distance hunt U-Haul, u-haul is the way to go dude, except that's the one caveat is <laughs> their pickup trucks are they don't let them travel like you can't Oh, you, can't you can't take it and drop it off at another location. You got to bring it back to, the, to the same spot. Oh, yeah. that's oh. Not really- So I originally had booked it out of Idaho Falls. Well, we left Sacramento the day after Christmas and we flew to Salt Lake City. Well, we did a couple laps around Salt Lake. The weather was too bad to land. So then they rerouted us down to Las Vegas to refuel. So we stayed in <sighs> Vegas for an hour and a half and then flew back up to Salt Lake City, and we're able to land. There was, a, there was a window. So we got there, we landed, and I was looking at my connection flights on my phone, and they'd all been bumped out like an hour and a half. Yeah. Originally, I would have missed my flight, but there was weather going on in Idaho Falls, so they kept delaying them delaying them. Oh. So get off the flight and get ready to you know, check in and get boarded for my next flight to Idaho Falls, and magically, her boarding gets like just disappears from the gate. So I'm sitting there like, okay, what just happened? Yeah. What do we do here? And I look on my phone, and it says you're now on like a 10:40 flight landing at 12 a.m. Oh. And I'm like, that's not gonna work. Like, yeah. The U-Haul closes at five o'clock. Like, I need to be there by five. By five. So I'm like, well, what are my options? So I go up to the steward or the, the lady at the gate, and I'm like what are my options here? And she's like, oh, well, I can get you on a five o'clock flight. I'm like, well, what about U-Haul closing at five o'clock? Did you not, did you not what, like, what, part did you what, what did not, not, not register? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did not register there? So I'm like, well, that's not going to work either. I'm like, you might as well just cancel that for me and I'll figure it out from here. I'll, I'll, I'll walk
3: for all
1: And you.
2: I was like, you need to get my bow and my gun out of security and get them up there as quick as possible because it's like 2 o'clock now. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, i put in a request. So I go down to baggage claim. I talk to the guys there after waiting in line for 45 minutes. And they're like, oh, well, it's going to be another hour to an hour and a half. Like, no, it's not. And I'm like, that's going to put me like right on the edge of like getting there. So then I call Idaho Falls U-Haul I'm like transfer my reservation to Salt Lake City. And they luckily had a truck available. So I call them Salt Lake City. They book it and they're like, just be here by five. I'm like, well, Lord willing, I'll be there. Dude, you know? this is insane. So yeah, so <laughs> probably 3.30, almost four o'clock, I finally see my bow come out of the, out of like the, the uh, large baggage claim. So I go grab my bow and I'm like, well, can I just walk into security and just grab my gun? Because I can see it back yeah. there. Well, the line is like 40 people deep. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm not gonna see Are you kidding me? And so I, I talked to this security lady. I'm like, can I get my gun? She's like, well, you gotta stand in this line. I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. So <laughs> I stand in the line, finally get up to the same guy I talked to you before. He's like, oh, you're here for your gun. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can see it. It's a gray and black case right back there. <laughs> He's like, okay. So he looks at my ticket, confirms that it's my gun, hands it back to me, and I'm like, okay, Uber on time. The road. Uber yeah. time. And now I got to get to the U-Haul before it closes. It's like almost four o'clock. And so I, so I hit up an Uber. I stand out in the blistering cold. I mean, it was probably 20 degrees in Salt Lake City that day and slightly snowing. So I'm standing out there and I'm like, the first guy that shows up, he shows up in a Prius. And I'm like, um, is there going to be room for my, go, my gun and my bow? Like in cases? And he's like... <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not gonna work. So he cancels my he cancels my 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 trip, and so then I just rebook one, and a guy shows up in an Audi, and I so we're able to make it fit. Had to lay some seats down, but we made it fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And uh, he gets me there at like 4:30. I jump in to U-Haul. They're great. Like 10 minutes, I'm out. Yeah. And they were like, "Oh, what are you doing with the truck?" I'm like, "Well, I'm driving to Jackson. I'm going on a bison hunt." They're like <laughs> what? Oh, yeah hey, well, when you come back i want to see it and i'm like well you'll see it. it'll it be in the bed of the truck <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? yeah i'll be popping a pop a wheelie all the way back home. it'll be there <laughs> yeah, yeah it'll yeah. be there
0: the springs might be blown, out, might out, but be <laughs> blown out yeah yeah
2: so i would like right before i leave the lady's like i'm like do you guys uh rent chains out she's like no we don't rent chains i'm like well, I guess I'm just going to have to white-knuckle it. She's like, oh, yeah. And by the way, these things don't handle very well in the snow. I'm like, "Yeah, not exactly, not exactly. what I was hoping to hear. <laughs> like, it'll get traction
0: with 2,000 pounds in the yeah. back. And then she's yeah. like, they're two-wheel
2: drive, too, by the way. I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like... It's one of the biggest storms in the American history. Yeah, we're getting blasted. Yeah. The whole West Coast is just getting yeah, blasted. Yeah, just getting hammered. But it was lucky that I... Made the moves that I did because shortly after I got on the road from Salt Lake City, they closed the highway out of uh, Idaho Falls, oh, so I never would have been able to get you to wouldn't Jackson. Would have been able to get out. Yeah. No, I never would have been able to wow. get there. Wow! So that part was really lucky that Dude. like it ended up the way that it did.
1: Yeah, spur of the moment decisions ended up saving you.
2: Saved me. It really yeah. did. It like that's it, crazy. Stars aligned and like everything just happened to line up just perfect. Wow. So that like the logistics of getting to my destination when i actually work out Uh so okay so we jump forward i'm driving salt lake city probably two hours out of salt lake it's great then all of a sudden it's blowing sideways snow and then the the plows have come through but they haven't come through recently so i'm just following semis at like you know semi snow speed (laughs) 40 miles an hour (laughs) Yeah, yeah and i'm i'm just it's been a minute since I've since I've driven through the snow, uh-huh. so I was in, especially in two wheel drive and <laughs> oh, haven't done dude, that a lot. That's not fun. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not fun so at all. it was kind of scary. Yeah. Um, got like midway to probably two and a half hours out of the. It said it was a five hour drive,
3: uh-huh.
2: uh, five or five and a half from Salt Lake to Jackson. I get about halfway there and I'm like, I call up my reservation at Heart Six and I'm like. I'm not going to make it by eight o'clock when you guys close. I was planning to be there like, like four hours ago, but yeah, yeah, but you know, travel plans got changed and a lot of flights got canceled. So I'm driving now and he's like, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll have a packet pickup waiting for you. Like it'll have directions on, on how to get to your cabin plus key and, and you can just check right in. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, great. And Didn't think anything of it. Didn't think to call back and confirm that they had my packet out there, which is always a great idea. Double check, you know. When they say something (laughs) like that, double check and make sure that your packet's going to be there at midnight when you show up and it's 14 degrees. (laughs) So I white knuckle it all the way to Jackson. I almost hit two elk in some like whiteout conditions. and I finally get there. It's uh, 11.45. It took me about... Eight eight and a half hours. eight eight hours about.
1: Holy! Because I left U-Haul smokes. like right at
2: five. Yeah. And I get there. <laughs> yeah. Oh at midnight. My gosh. And it's fourteen dude. degrees outside. The last yeah. like fifteen miles, the wind was blowing about eighty miles an hour. And yeah, you've already was, had enough adventure in your. Oh, it was snowing sideways. Started. It was snowing sideways. Like <laughs> oh the. <my> <laughs> you could feel the the truck break traction when yeah. a good wind would come. I don't come, like that. And you'd start to get a little little sideways. <laughs> oh, dude! I don't so. like that. So I finally get there and I'm like, okay, I'm here. I see the clubhouse lit up. I'm like, okay, let's drive in. I try and go up the driveway and it's so iced up, like I make it halfway and the truck stalls and rolls backwards and then I can't get it started. Yeah, so it takes me about four attempts. I finally get it started. I make three attempts at going up the driveway. It doesn't work. So I'm like, okay, bibs go on, jacket goes on. Yeah. It's snowing sideways, 14 degrees. Just got to get to packet pickup, so I go up to the back of the clubhouse. I read there's like a little sign out back that says if you're checking in late, go down to the gift shop. There will be a wicker basket. Your your late packet pickup will be in the gift in in the wicker basket. So I walk down the icy steps again, go back down to the go back down to the the gift shop. Look in the wicker basket. There's nothing there. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, maybe they didn't mean the wicker basket. Maybe they meant like the mailbox, which is right next to it. Look at the mailbox, empty. I'm like, maybe I didn't read that right. So I go back up to the clubhouse, read it again. Wicker basket, right at the gift shop, go back down, nothing there. I'm like, maybe I didn't read that correct. So I go up a third time, read it again, almost took a picture of it just to make sure I was in the right spot. Go back down, look again. I'm like, well, maybe it blew out because the wind's blowing like... 20-30 miles an hour right yeah. you now, so I clear off a bunch of snow. There's nothing. So the realization comes like, <laughs> "I'm you're you're sleeping in your truck. Yeah, you're screwed. Like I'm not gonna drive forty minutes like to an hour back to Jackson to get a four hundred dollar room. Yeah, no way. I'm like, and plus like, what's gonna be open and what's gonna have like vacancies right now? I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea. So I put on my bibs, I get all my cold weather gear on, I crank the truck heat up to like as hot as I can get it. <laughs> I park in a spot that the lights aren't shining on me, and I go to bed. About four o'clock in the morning, I wake up just shivering, freezing cold. Turn the truck back on, crank the heater again. Fall back asleep at like four thirty. Have my alarm set for six. Wake up at six. See the club lights are on. Walk in there. Let them know, hey, you know that packet pickup that you guys were supposed <laughs> yeah. to be dropping was it not there. Was not there. <laughs> there was nothing. And he's like. Oh man, I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, I spent the night in my truck. Yeah, it, it was 14 dying. degrees. <laughs> yeah. It was not comfortable. Yeah, yeah. He's oh like, my oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'll refund you for the night. And I'm like, thinking in my head, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're gonna refund, You're gonna me. refund me. You're I didn't lucky. Sleep in You're lucky. Happened. I'm not an icicle out front. You know, <laughs> yeah. dead. So oh six o'clock. Guides pick me up at seven. I jam up to my room. Find like the the way around to actually get up to where I was at. Mm-hmm. Like there was another way around that I didn't know to go up and so I park it get all my gear unloaded start just like trying to brainstorm on like what all I need so I'm like throwing stuff in my backpack throwing gear on trying to get ready seven o'clock comes Dan knocks on the door I'm like Andy I sent I I sent him an email like that night like hey I'm sleeping in my truck and so he knew like what was going on and he was like you know you know well Whatever, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, just you know, come out, come out to the truck when you're ready. And so, like, fifteen twenty minutes later, I'm finally got my gear on, head out to the truck, and we get in, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm on like two three hours of sleep. Oh like, yeah, at best. Dude, just yeah, that's just insane. exhausted. You know, what I am I about doing cancelling here? Cancelling that day? Yeah. I thought about cancelling, like, legitimately, yeah. just being like, I need to, I need to, like, I need sleep. a recovery. Yeah. yeah, but luckily, when I woke up, it was like eight degrees, blowing (laughs) snow sideways at like 20 miles an hour. And I'm like, well, if there's anything that's going to keep me awake, it's frigid temperatures and (laughs) snow blowing in my eyes at 20 miles an hour. So we get in the truck. We drive uh, through some private ground that he had access to and park in a pasture, unload the horses. I get the rest of my gear on, get my backpack on, and then uh, load up on Peabody, my horse. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she was great. This great mare. Yeah, she was a great mare. Oh, dude. So she was like, she's used to hunters and whatnot, and she knew the dude. Did they yeah. have
1: mules too, carrying no nope. gear? No. No, nope, just, just horses. Uh, yeah. Two uh, gilding.
2: So you wore a backpack? Yeah, I wore road. I wore my backpack. And it had my bow strapped on, mm-hmm. um, strapped on horizontally instead of vertically. Oh. Because vertically, it would hit her butt. It hit her, yeah. And he said sometimes it could spook her. So, oh. um So we yeah, had my yeah. bow strapped on horizontally. Yeah. Which was nice. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. And it protected my back from exposure and whatnot. Yeah. So that was great. And yeah, hopped on the horses and we took off.
1: How long of a horse ride?
2: So... Just to get up to um, like the public ground, you ride maybe 15 minutes, and then you skirt along uh, like a two-track trail or a pack trail mm-hmm. in, into into the forest there, and then you just kind of—it's—it's all—it's not steep terrain at all. It's all kind of just rolly hills, oh, okay. like foothills mostly. Yeah, yeah. And so you just go up to different knobs and you glass around to try and find you know where these bison are at and or to see tracks. And feeding spots at where they've been. Huh. So we go up um, on the first knob, we see two bises in there, you know, a half mile inside the park, and they're just kind of milling around there. Like, you know, no chance it had them coming out coming of the park out. that day. So we ride to our, our next location called, it's called the Graveyard, I guess. Yeah. That's its nickname. You ride in there, and it's literally like the Valley of Death. Like, <laughs> You look around and there's five bison carcasses, like rib cages sticking up out of the snow. Oh, really? And the wolves, they pick them down to the bone. Like, you know, bison that were shot like a couple months ago look like they've been there for a year. Wow. There is not a drop of Nothing anything on it, it. it's yeah. picked clean.
1: Wow. So
2: you ride through the graveyard, there were no bulls there. You ride up to this next draw where they kind of funnel from a low spot up this creek. Into the in, into the into the forest, uh, right up there, nothing there. Saw some elk. This is cool. It's like okay, we're gonna cross into the park and kind of see what's staging. Like that's kind of the plan. You kind of see like where the bison stage and see if they're gonna make a run, you know, outside the park. Yeah. And so we ride up through some timber into these cool aspen groves. And you're kind of riding through these little aspen groves, and we find some fresh signs, some bison that had kind of been outside the park a day or two um and it's it's obvious like where they've been their tracks are massive oh yeah and then they use their head to clear snow oh they really? sweep no it. Way. Yeah. yeah the bison will take their head and they'll sweep it back and forth through the snow and clear like you know a spot 20 30 yards wide damn and <laughs> and they'll get to the grasses below the snow and they'll eat that Thing. What? yeah, it's, it's, wild. Dude, yeah it's wild yeah it's interesting so it's different cool. than anything i've ever seen yeah like, you're hmm. literally like tracking them via their tracks yeah that's crazy huh. so we we'd seen they had come out but it'd been a, a day or two um we got some snow that night so it kind of covered some tracks up right into the park like a half mile and we spot a herd of probably i think nine bulls in the first in in that herd, mm-hmm. um, and there and can
1: you see like significant size difference between bulls? It's not like, is it like elk cow? You can be like, oh, it's a herd bull. Or those are satellite bulls. Or
2: it's um, not, it, it, you, I mean, you can kind of tell by their horns. Yeah. Um, like like maturity level.
1: But are they like? Are you seeing like? Oh wow, that they're all about the bigger. same size. Yeah, they're all oh, about okay, the same yeah. size. Yeah. Like
2: maybe plus or minus a little bit, even between the males and females. Uh, so. Ironically the cow, the cows and calves stay herded up together uh, and, and the then the bulls, bulls herd together. Oh wow. And hmm. maybe there might be some bulls mixed in with the cow calf group, uh-huh. but the cow calf group almost never leaves the park unless the wow. snow is really really mm-hmm. deep yeah. and it forces them to forces head down to the reservation. Uh, so there's wow. a so there's an elk refuge where they kind of feed the bison and the elk. Right outside of Jackson. Yeah. And the cow calf herd will make a run there, like usually at the end of January, like when the snow gets too deep. Uh, wow. But uh, they almost never come into the forest. Wow. My my outfitter Dan said he's seen it like legitimately one time where the whole herd came out, and came we out saw them. Right, There's like two to three hundred. That's weird that they don't well, intermingle though, cow calf versus. The uh, yeah, birds. I thought it was kind of odd too. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, they're the the bulls are very. Solitary they hang out in kind of their bachelor groups uh-huh. and the real old bulls will just hang out by themselves. By themselves. Wow. There's I mean, wolves are their only predator, but uh-huh. the wolves really won't mess with I mean it's it's gotta be a like life. a a calf really separated or like a really injured bull huh. for them to take it down. They just they just don't. I mean the, the risk of injury for them is too great that yeah. they don't they won't mess with them. What? Hmm. So yeah, so we ride in, see that first group, nine of them, and we ride a little bit closer and then below them was another group of like five or six bulls and we rode into like 60 yards and it's crazy how camouflaged they blend in, you would think something the size of a, of a VW van, yeah, like would, wouldn't, wouldn't hide very well, they hide really well, wow. especially when they're covered in snow, it's very difficult to spot really? them. Yeah. yeah, very very difficult to spot them, and and yeah, they were, I mean, some of them had like six inches or more of snow on their back. Oh, yeah, really? And they just they just don't care, dude. They yeah. just don't care. What? A... We rode sixty yards away from them, and the bull looked over at us, and he kind of just you know smiled, gave us the nod, and kind of just Later. walked off. Yeah. He didn't run. He didn't run. He just walked. That's crazy. And so we rode by him. And I wish I'd had my camera, like my phone yeah. readily accessible, because that was probably one of the coolest, coolest things, it was just things, yeah. riding 60 yards away from this massive bull, yeah. 2,000 pound animal, <laughs> just looking at you with no care. Yeah,
1: Dude, what an awesome experience. So, Dude, cool. so that was
2: day one, we rode kind of back in, into the Forest Park area on this glassing knob to see what might be staging for day two, uh-huh. and didn't see anything. So then when we headed out, day was over about 2.30. So then I caught a nap, which was fantastic. Yeah, for science. Fantastic. <laughs> I, went, yeah. I went and took a nap. To this is the best of part o'clock. of the hunt right here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Man. yeah. I, I, I was out like within 15 minutes of getting back and getting my stuff situated, turned the heater on, got stuff drying out, and I was out. Woke Dude. up, told my buddies, you know, a couple buddies about like what was going on. Yep. And then, you know, went to, went to sleep Let's for the see. night. And I knew mm. the next day was supposed to be a lot colder. Oh, yeah. So. You're kind of I, gearing up. Yeah, I was. And I kind of made a mistake by, like, putting on an extra pair of socks. Mm-hmm. I had a pair of socks, like, Gobi is the brand, yeah. and they're heated socks. Yep. They have a little battery pack. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you I've can heat them up to, like, I think, 130. Uh-huh. And, like, mid-range will last, like, six hours. Super high heat will last three to 4 uh-huh. So I was like, okay, I'll go mid-range, like, 115, 120, and try and keep my feet good. Mm-hmm. Well, day two, temps dropped down into the negatives, and like we, we head out, and when we get out the truck, it's negative one. Oh yeah. Almost instantly, I could feel my toes like cold. Start going cold. Yeah. Yeah, uninsulated boots, put an extra layer of socks on, which was a bad idea because it cut my circulation. circulation off. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't think about that, so. Um, my feet are freezing and come to find out I didn't turn my socks on. Oh, yeah. Crucial error. Yeah. Real crucial error. Could have been, (laughs) could have been really bad. Yeah. It really could have been bad. Like my feet started getting cold, like almost immediately. And, um, we did the same route. You do, you pretty much do the same route. The bison are, they come out where they come out and And it's almost always the same spot.
1: You're you're making your round and you're just... Saying like, uh, eventually, we're hoping a bull steps over this. Steps line. out, uh, steps yeah. out, and
2: and and is in the the forest. In the forest, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so that's the game plan.
2: That's the game plan. Every day, like you go ride virtually the same route. Uh-huh. The bison are almost always killed, like in two or three different spots. Wow. And it's just separate draws that kind of lead up to big openings where uh-huh. there's more grass underneath the snow, and they can come up, and after they've kind of fed. Picked
1: some areas clean. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: They'll they'll wander up these draws and they'll they'll just kind of meander. It's a matter
1: of time being at the right place, right time. It, it's
2: hundred percent being yeah. at the right place, at the right time. Yeah. Wow. So day two, we did the same route. We got back up to the glassing knob, and by then I can't feel half my feet. So I'm like, I need to take this pair of socks off and change out my batteries, and so go into a little clearing, sit down, and change. Well, take the socks off. Check my battery. I never turned them on. Never turned them on. Never turned them on. (laughs) So I crank them up as hot as they can go. Take those socks off. Have a little more breathing room inside my boots. Yep. And that instantly helped. Game changer. Game changer. Yeah. So went back up on the glassing knob, and it's blowing 20 to 30, and it's probably right around 1, 2, 3 degrees. (laughs) And, like, the condensation on my face mask was freezing to my face. Like, I could feel it, like... Peeling little bits of skin and, oh, and breaking. And my mustache was breaking. Oh, like you could feel dude, it break hairs. Yeah, really? You could feel <laughs> it break hairs. And like at the end of the day, they were frozen to the front part of my face mask. You do my, my beard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like my face mask was outlined to like the contour of my face because it was frozen in that form. Dude. Oh, it was nuts. gnarly. It was gnarly. So we stuck up there for maybe an hour, glass and stuff up. You know, we saw the cow calf herd. They were in the in the park. You know, a mile, and there were. I think there was one bison um, underneath a tree. I think we saw three bulls that day. Uh-huh. Fourteen the first day, fourteen, fifteen or so the first day, and then like three the second day. So I'm like, whoa, man, you know, this is
1: this, this is gonna be good. Yeah, this, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, but, yeah,
2: you know, like uh, we're seeing fewer numbers each day. Uh huh. So I'm like, kind of get nervous. So the end of day two, you know, not a whole lot of action. So then day three, um, well, okay, so the end of day two, the other guide who was guiding the. So you're carrying your bow still? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, bow yeah. and gun. Bow and gun. Bow okay. and gun on my horse, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The, do you have the your gun, gun like in a scabbard? It's or in something? a scabbard on the side of the horse. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A really nice scabbard. Yeah. So um, fully protected. Yeah. You know, the one thing I didn't get a chance to do was make sure it was sighted in when I got up there.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 But you, so so you're... I just. I just crossed my fingers and trusted yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: If push came to shove and we had an opportunity I missed, we'd go sighted in that <laughs> afternoon, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so end of day two, um, the other guide that kind of helps out, my guy, Dan Braxton, mm-hmm. he was guiding the governor's hunter, the oh, guy who had wow. the governor's tag. So guide That's guide, crazy, guy paid guy named Kirk, super cool dude. Wish I had connected with him. You know, maybe you'll hear this. Maybe we'll reach out, but <laughs> yeah. super cool dude. He hunted, he actually drew the tag last year, liked it so much that he was like, I'm doing this every year. Yeah, I'm just going to buy the tag. Very wealthy guy. Yeah. He went on like three moose hunts this year. Super (laughs) cool dude. Crazy. That's so crazy. Totally went hunt with the guy. Yeah. So he was supposed to join us day three, but uh, apparently he may have... um, Drank a little too many yeah. beers or, or <laughs> yeah. a little too hard the night before. <laughs> but with the governor's tag, like you have an extended season. All year, season. right? You, uh, it's not all year, no, but not, okay. your season is longer. Mm-hmm. I think it goes like an extra month or oh, two. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Dude, so, that's crazy. and he's a Jackson resident. So he's like, I, I hunted 18 days the previous season to get my bowl. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'll just, I'll do what it takes. Did you know? Get, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. So crazy. we went to go pull that's cool. He out. was
1: there though, while you were there.
2: Yeah, 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 super cool. And super cool dude. So we went to go pull them out cuz they got stuck hunting a different location. And he was supposed to join us the next day. Well, I'm day 3. I've rested. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Like You're as soon as up. the guide, as soon as Dan shows up, like I'm 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 ready. Yeah. Like I've already got like I I got the door open. Like I'm trying to stay cool because it's heated in in the in my cabin. Yeah. But it's it's like I think it was two degrees when we stepped out on day three. It's a little bit a little a little overcast, so it kept it, you know, two or three degrees warmer. warmer. But I step out and I see Braxton jump out the truck and I'm like, well that's on here. I think maybe Kurt's maybe Kurt's meeting us, you know, down there. And uh jump in the truck and he's like, Oh well, Kurt had Kurt had a little too much fun last yeah. night, so he's not gonna <laughs> yeah. be joining us today. Yeah. So we um so yeah, so he we jump in the truck, and we're heading out, and Dan goes, hey, don't want to get your hopes up, but I was out glassing, because where he lives, he's right by the highway, he can glass kind of up this huge draw uh-huh. from the highway into the park, into the forest. So he's like, I don't want to get your hopes up, but I did see a bison or two that were right in, you know... Yeah, public ho- land. Outside the park.
1: Yeah. So you're kind of like, all right, here we go.
2: So I'm... I'm like, You're okay, up. I'm like, if they, if they were there last night, maybe they'll make a run inside a little bit farther and we'll have an opportunity. Yeah. So we get, same deal, unload the horses, right up the trail, and we're halfway up the trail and we look back and there's a guy parking on the highway. So we know another hunter's coming in.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And we saw other hunters too.
1: Oh, you did? Yeah, we did. Okay.
2: Yeah, we saw... A, a, foot
1: hunters or was everybody on horse So ride? there
2: was one guy who was on foot and that was the same guy that we saw day three. Uh-huh. Uh, we saw him day one. He was uh, snowshoeing in. Uh-huh. Um, and then day two, we saw three guys, um, well, two guys and a gal that were in there. They were cow-calf hunting. Oh, okay. So I think she had a cow, a cow tag. Yeah. And we kind of broke the news like, hey, sorry, man. Like, they just don't come out the Big, park, yeah. you know? And we saw him, and we told him where to look. Yeah. You know, like like you saw them every day. They were in the same Same, same draw, draw, yeah. Two, three hundred of them, you know. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so we're riding up and we're like, okay, we know we need to beat this foot hunter in, but good thing is we get to cut through this private and we've already got to jump on them by like a mile probably. So, so we ride up to kind of like the knoll where Dan had glassed up those bison the afternoon before and we're looking around we can kind of see yeah they I mean they've been through here but we didn't see them mm-hmm. so we're sitting on this knob for uh, the three of us Braxton and me and Dan sitting on our horses up there glassing and then all of a sudden Dan goes hey we got to move now and I'm like what's going on he's like that bull's up and I'm like what do you mean what bull and I turned around and about 400 yards away there was a bull who had been bedded in a little draw that we couldn't see and he stood up we're like, we need to get out of his sight because they're kind of weary when they're on the line. Uh, they're, they know that they know. line. They yeah. know that line. Hmm. So they're, they're kind of weary. So we're like, hey, we need to get off this knob. We need to get down and around him. And we, we're going to go make a play around these trees and see if we can get him because he's right there on the line. Uh-huh. And so we ride down this draw and loop back around. And it takes us maybe 5, 10 minutes. Uh-huh. When we get there, no bison you know oh. we could see fresh cleared out spot saw where he was bedded and there was another one with him but they maybe they winded us you know i don't know what happened but they were gone like we could see their tracks back into the park and they went down a draw and like kept scooting mm-hmm. so mm. so we so you know braxton rode off to see kind of where they went to see if maybe they looped back around and maybe have gone into the forest so he rides off, we go up to another knob, and then he catches back up with us, and we're on this second knob, glassing kind of the graveyard area. But from a distance, like, I would say half mile at least. And we're looking through the timber, and all of a sudden Dan's like, oh, there's a bull right there. He is in the forest. And we're like, oh, it's game on. It's game on, and like, you can see him with your naked eye. You don't need, like, cause it wasn't snowing that day, so they're not all covered in, they're kind of, you know, they're a real tan color, so they stand out against white pretty good. And yeah. you know, you're you're looking for a bus pretty much. Yeah. And so we can see him through the timber, and he's the only problem is, is he's faced towards the park. Like oh, he's looking like, he's hey, looking like I'm ready like might, that way. I might go back into the park, and so we're like, he's right on the edge. We're gonna have to skirt the edge here, and maybe come up on him from a different direction.
0: And get a shot on him. Just try to block him from going back in. Uh, Quasi, yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
2: you can't herd them, but like if, you know, you're riding the park boundary and he jumps back into the forest, then that's, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not doing anything unethical. You're not trying to push him in any way. Yeah, exactly. You're just trying to put yourself in a position to be successful, 100%. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So, we're like, the spot that he's in, there's a huge ravine between us, like vertical. Vertical down, vertical up. Oh, yeah. We're like, well, we got to kind of skirt around it. And luckily, the other guy that was with us, Braxton, he's like, hey, I know the route to get over there. So like, okay. So we drop down off the knob, get out of sight of the bison, and we skirt down this draw. And then we start cutting up the ravine. And Braxton's like, it's uh, Dan in front of me, me in the middle, and Braxton behind. All of a sudden, Braxton starts cutting down this ravine, this hard ravine. He's like, "Hey, the trail's over here," so Dan doubles back. I double back, and I'm looking down at this thing, and I'm like, "Man, this is vertical, straight down, straight up," and it's yeah, the snow's pretty deep in these draws. So yeah. Dan's like, "Hey, when we go down this thing, your stirrups better be out in front of you, and you better be leaning on her back, sitting, you know, sitting down on her back, like because it's st- gonna be steep, and she's going." Yeah. You know. And so we kind of side hill it (laughs) down and then at a certain point, like like, you got to commit, you're, you're just going down. And so I'm laying down on this horse backwards, you know,
0: is this, how many times have you ridden a horse before this? I used to ride when I was a kid. So I I used to ride. Yeah. I had, I
2: had like, I had a horse when I was a kid and I I rode quite a bit, but it'd been like legitimately probably 30 years since I've ridden. Yeah, It was probably eight or nine years old the last time I rode. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I'm I know how to I know how to handle a horse, and like a horse can tell if you if you haven't been on them, they can tell. Yeah. Peabody knew like don't mess with me, you know. Yeah. I'm coming. Like we're doing yeah. this. Yeah. We're getting real. We're getting western. Like we're not gonna be messing around. <laughs> so, yeah, I take her straight down this hill, and he's like he's he's pretty much right behind me, and Dan's like, as soon as you hit that bottom, you lean over that saddle horn and you put your heels into her and you keep kicking her until you get up that hill. And I'm looking at the, like the, the trail that Braxton just went up and I'm like, Uh. it's straight Aspens, like Aspens that are maybe 30 feet tall and like some little saplings in between. I'm like, there's no trail. Like we're, we're cutting a trail. Like (laughs) we're cutting a trail. We're just
1: plowing into a grove of trees here.
2: (laughs) And it's vertical. I mean, it's literally like a 40% grade. Like it's so steep. And so I'm leaning over the saddle horn and I'm, he's like, just keep kicking. Just keep kicking till she's up the hill. She'll go. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm holding on to the horn. I'm leaning as far forward as I can. I'm like, almost a f- my face in her mane. Yeah. And we're, I'm just kicking her. And like, we get her up the hill. She plows. <laughs> I mean, the snow was up to her belly. Holy so I had, there were points where my knees, like in the stirrups were covered like, in, snow. in snow. Yeah. yeah. It was deep. Wow. It was <laughs> super deep. And I'm like, I'm like, man, we just straight got western on that one. That yeah, was nuts. dude, that was, you're, you're that asking was them to take awesome. the horse home at that point. It was awesome. <laughs> like, like, like I'm home. like, dude, that was that alone was just like, other than like the final result, like that was like that's super a, yeah, fun. Very yeah, like that's what I wanted. Was great. Cra- cool. Like just some craziness, you yeah. know? Yeah, And and I talked to a guy like before who hunted with Dan, and he's like, the hunt's what what you make it, man. Yeah, the hunt's what you make it. Yeah. So like that was. That was so much fun, like just riding, just smacking Aspens in the face, getting yeah. him smacking my bow, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we get up there and Dan's like, this is going to be, is probably going to be a rifle shot. He's going to be like right on the border, yep. if not just slightly inside, inside the forest. And he's like, are you cool with that? I'm like, yeah. a bison's a bison, man. <laughs> yeah. I would love it to be with my bow, but like just the realization of like how, how few, Come across the line, Uh, yeah. You're starting to think if I
1: don't, if I get an opportunity,
2: this is gonna be. You get one opportunity, yeah. This is it. You know, it's it's gonna be what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay. I borrowed a rifle from one of my buddies, Gareth, and he let me borrow a, a 338 Lapua which is like oh yeah that's that's the round to take <laughs> yeah. other than maybe like a 50 cal <laughs> yeah, yeah. a 50 cal i think sniper be, rifle i yeah. think a 50 cal would probably be like the round to take the round to take yeah, yeah. you'll yeah. drop it then yeah. yeah 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 you you will drop it 338 close second borderline yeah, close yeah, second yeah. your yeah. second best rifle you can i didn't have access to a 50 cal so <laughs> 338 <laughs> it is you know yeah, yeah. so Yeah, we get up on the top of the hill and he's like, okay, as soon as I give you the go, you know, if this bison's still here, as soon as I give you the go, your one job is to jump off this horse, get your backpack off, get that rifle, get a round in it and shoot him. Uh I'm like, Roger that, man, I can do that. And so (laughs) we come riding up and he's like, I didn't see his tracks leading out of the, you know, into the park. So he's got to be right here somewhere. And we ride up this knob and he's right there. I mean, he's 20 yards away. And he's he had bedded down. Oh, in the meantime, like us wow. getting over that ravine. What he, time of day? It's uh, 8.30, almost 9. You in know, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah, in the morning. And um, yeah, they're, they're active in the morning, in the afternoon, and they bed down in the day. In the midday. They can handle negative 40, no problem. <laughs> Dang, no problem. Dude. Doesn't phase them. Yeah, so he bedded down and we ride up and he stands up and... His face is covered in snow, big jet black face, big mop on top. Yeah, just a
1: classic American icon oh, staring at you. Just
2: <laughs> just yeah, like it's one of those feelings that you get, you're like, this will probably never happen again in my lifetime. Like, yeah, dude. This is just so unreal. unreal. Yeah. And yeah, he stands up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is gonna happen. And he does textbook. He runs, um, so he was at twenty yards, he probably runs Another 100 to 110 yards inside the forest. Uh-huh. Down the draw, which was perfect. Perfect, yeah. Perfect. He ran down the draw inside the forest. And Dan's like, go. So I'm thinking, jump off, I jump off the horse as quick as I can. Dump the pack. Throw my gloves off. Braxton's already got my rifle out. Grab the rifle. Get a shell out. Jack it in. Put the safety on. And like, <coughs> Sorry get up to a spot where I can shoot and like I'm trying to freehand this and oh, yeah you're, oh yeah. I didn't have my shooting sticks they were in my backpack yeah, yeah. crucial error crucial oh, error <laughs> yeah so you're day.
1: going off the shoulder freehand
2: I'm That's taking I'm crazy. thinking I'm freehanding this thing and I'm like my heart like pounding so bad I'm shaking, I'm moving all over, I'm looking at his face, I'm looking at his butt, I'm looking at his face, I'm looking at his butt, I'm like, I can't get the solid rest. And Dan comes running up about that time, and he's like, shoot off my pack. I'm like, done, let's do this. He bends over, I lay the gun across his backpack. (laughs) I'm like, are you ready? He's like, shoot him, click the safety off, I get a good solid rest, as best you can, on a guy bent over with his ears plugged, and his backpack. And LaPullah yeah, on his back. Yeah, and a giant <laughs> rifle with the muzzle right by his head. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, we're going hot. And I touch one off and he's like, good hit. And I mean the kick on that gun is so severe, like, you don't know what like what just happened. Like you're <laughs> slightly in shock. And what I forgot was I forgot to put my hearing protection in. <gasps>
1: Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah.
2: not good. <laughs> but luckily, I had uh, a beanie plus like my so you had fluorescent. A little, you had a
1: little bit of muffle. So you
2: have to wear some fluorescent orange. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So it, they they Is give it you like the, a certain. Uh, they inch give you the choice. No, nope. no square inches. Just oh. it has to be an article, either like a jacket, a vest, or a hat, or a hat. So okay. I chose like a the beanie. Yeah, I chose a fluorescent beanie, yep. which was great. Cause like I couldn't hear anything through that. Oh yeah. And so I touched the first round off. Dan says it's a good hit. He's like, put another one in him. So I jacked that shell out and like, it's not easy getting a like five inch round (laughs) inside of a gun like that. It only holds two. And I thought about putting a second one in the, you know, in the mag. In the mag. Yeah. But like, I just, it it was happening so quick. I was like, just best. So where do you
1: have your spare?
2: I have it um in a side pouch. In a side pouch okay. yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It it fits seven and plus I had four more in my jacket. Yeah. Because he, he had a he had a hunter this year that put eight with a three thirty-eight. Oh wow put eight rounds wow. into a bowl. The biggest wow. one they've ever killed. Dude. Um in his guiding operation, but they put eight into eight. it. Yeah. So I'm like, I think eleven <laughs> should be good. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I should be good yeah. with eleven. Yeah. So I I hammer him the first shot. I can't tell. He's like, that was a good hit, you know, and he's like, put another one in him. And so I jack that shell out, fidgeting, trying to get that second one in, in the chamber, finally get it in. And and, is the bull running? Well, after he stood there for a minute after getting hit, and then he takes off down this draw uh-huh. in further into the forest, though. And he goes down this draw and he goes around the corner of the knob. Uh, adjacent to the like the ravine that we had just ridden up and Dan's like go time we got to run I'm like okay let's do this yeah so I we I throw the gun over my shoulder got my shoulder strap on and we just take off running through like knee high snow I want to say through the sagebrush just basically just you're just plowing you're just mowing you're just mowing a trail through the sagebrush (laughs) and like we take (laughs) off we go down the ravine and then it's like straight uphill up to the knob, like where we could see where he went and we like i'm I'm gassing like I'm redline like Whoa. it's eight thousand feet. It's probably maybe eight degrees at the at best with a negative wind chill yeah. you know and so I'm gassing like I'm redlined like you know, and I we get up to the top of the hill and he's standing like right there 100 yards perfect like right in the perfect spot, this clearing in the sagebrush, he's standing there broadside. Dan's like hit him again. So he bends over. We do the same thing. Put the back, put the gun on the backpack, you know, and I I get a good solid rest, catch my, you know, take three solid breaths, try and catch my breath and like composure and touch another one off. He's like, good hit. Jack it out. He's like, hit him again. Jack the third one in. Still standing there broadside. Hit him again (laughs) on the third shot. Jack another one out. He's still standing. He's like, hit him again. And so I put the four shell in, and by this time he'd kind of pivoted from broadside to quartering really hard away. Yeah. So I'm looking almost at his butt. I can slightly see see his front his, like left, his, his left side rib his cage. And yeah. so I was like, sneak it behind that back rib, and it's you all know, over, yeah. have it come out like probably front shoulder. Yep. So I I hit him again there. He's still standing. Jack, wow. jack that four shell out, put the fifth one in. And he, and then he'd spun and turned broadside. And so I'm like, I'm I'm like, I really need to focus and make sure this shot is like hundred percent good shot. Yeah. You know, cause their vitals are very low in their chest and very forward. Oh. Basically their front shoulder blade protects protects their vitals. Their vitals. Wow. So that first shot, you're looking to break that front break through. Break that front uh, leg yeah. and kind of immobilize them. You know, wow. and so that fish shot, I like really focused, touched it off, and boom, he hit the dirt. He, he yeah. hit the dirt, dude. That's and so, incredible. so I'm, I'm like, holy, you know, holy crap, like this just happened, like yeah, it just happened, like. So I, I get that shell out, I save it, and then I put another one in just in case he wants to get wily and yep. and jump up, so. Yeah, we walk up on him, we're at 120 yards, and I'm just staying ready, and he's down on the ground, and you know, you could tell he was still kind of kicking, and about a minute goes by, and like, I'm I'm probably 15 yards away, 20 yards away, and all of a sudden he looks like he's getting up, like he starts clearing snow out with his front hooves, clearing it out with his back hooves, he raises his (laughs) tail up, and I'm like, oh "Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to smoke him from 20 yards away. Yeah. And, like, luckily, that was his, like, death kick. Oh, yeah. 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 And then, like, he pretty much just laid his head down, and, and that was it. Dude. Yeah. It was nuts, man. It was, it was insane. <laughs> that and then, is so And then, awesome. like, the realization sets in, like, holy crap. Like, you just, Did, like. When you, when you saw it laying
1: there where you're like, holy crap, this is big.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This when he stood area. up. When we first saw him, like when we glassed him the first time, I was like, that's a big bull. Yeah. Like, that's a big bull. Yeah. Like, those things are ginormous. And then <laughs> you see him at 100 yards and you start walking up on it, and, like they just get bigger. They just get <laughs> Gosh, bigger. Like dude. you're like, oh, he looks like about the size of a horse. And then you walk up and you're like, no, he's Chris, not a horse. Earlier, earlier
1: today, Chris, we were talking about the size of him and uh, basically one backstrap. Of this animal was more yield from the deer I shot last year, which was a decent size blacktail. Yeah, his backstrap
2: was produced more meat than the deer it's, it, They, they are, <laughs> they're it, the physique of them is just so unique. Like they are so front heavy because of that massive head. Yeah, and the massive horns and their big giant hump that like everything is consolidated to pretty much the front half. So. Yeah, so he's down, Braxton rides the horses up, like we're okay, let's get some pictures and then let's start, you know, breaking him down, Braxton will go ride and grab one of the, um, one of the sleds, um, man, I can't remember the name, I think, Chappelle, Chappelle sleds. Huh. Okay. They're really well built sleds. Yeah. And um, so Braxton's going to go ride the horse and pick up the sled like first we're like, we got to, let's get some pictures. It's going to take all three of us to like muscle this. Get it into a position. To muscle take this pictures, giant yeah. animal into oh, a position. Yeah. So we try and roll it. That doesn't work. All three of us. We like put everything into it. That doesn't work. So I'm like, okay. So I go on the other side. We start clearing snow out. Position like the legs and try and tuck them. Like roll him on his side and then tuck his far side legs underneath him. And then, then roll it. So that we can roll him up on his on his stomach so that we can get you know some quality some pictures. pictures. Yeah. And so that actually worked, like clearing the snow, tucking the legs, we're able to get him up, and then we have to position the other legs kind of sprawled out <laughs> to like kind of prop him up from like rolling back over. Wow. Because he was on a small Incline, I feel like at
1: that point, if I'm putting in that much effort to take pictures, I'm thinking I got a lot of work ahead of me. Oh,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, right. yeah. As yeah. soon as I walked up and put my hand on his hump, I was like, Oh, this is gonna oh be oh my a gosh, this is insane! <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be nuts. Like, <laughs> yeah. breaking this animal down is gonna be insane. Oh, yeah, and so, yeah, so we um, we position him, get some cool pictures, Braxton rides off to go grab the sled, and I got to go back and grab my pack uh-huh. and all my tags and stuff like that and fill out my tag. Yep. Because um, Braxton left it back where I dropped it. So Dan's like, follow the tracks back. Well, uh, y- you'll find it eventually. And, you know, it's like 400 yards. I finally found it. Luckily, you know, I could see my fletchings. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Like the bright orange of my fletchings stood out yeah. and I was like, okay, They're, not where yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. Because there's tracks all over from other horses and people. and Yeah and bison walking through and so finally found it fill out my tag tag it and then i get back and dan's already starting to cape it and you know cutting down the back i want a shoulder mount and and he's got it split open and i'm just looking at this thing like holy moly dude we have so much work ahead of us and so yeah i just started helping him skin it out and cape it out and and uh braxton gets back about I'd say about two hours later, he had a three or four mile ride on the horse one way, Wow. and then back, and then back, towing a sled. And Jeez. he gets back, and I, I think we had it half done about at that time. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, take the front front shoulder off. They're so heavy, you can't even. I mean, you you cannot pick it up off the ground. Wow. Two people can barely like lift it. Yeah. So we get it in, in the game <laughs> bags, and that I just so I crazy. set it in the snow and kind of cover it up with snow to. Get it chilled down super quick. And, yeah, we're just sitting there breaking it down. That was... Uh, I think our pictures ended about 9.30. And we started leaving at about 12.30, I would say. Dude, that Towing is this thing out. so yeah. freaking cool. So, yeah, you break it all down late in the snow, get it cooled. And then once it's cooled, put it on the sled. The sled take off. And then, yeah, load up the cape and the hide. And How you, many trips is it? So, then you... <laughs> Well, so how many sled, horses do you have? Two, we had three horses. Three horses. Yeah, so he's got a chain on the front with a rope, two ropes on the front. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. For each for the two horses, and then I'm just I'm just kind of riding. Yeah. At that point, um, but yeah, we load down the sled, pack all the meat on the bottom, put the hair or put the back half of the cape on one side, and put the front half of the cape and the head on the other side. I mean, you don't want to talk about a head like. 200 pounds it takes two guys everything you got to like lift this thing off Dude, the ground
1: that is insane so I, yeah I, I can't i i actually cannot imagine so we used it's, it's like a, hard I, to I like, like imagine like, it up. yeah so
2: we used mule tape like 2,000 pound mule tape to like cinch it down across the sled like weaving it back and oh, forth no way. and tied the head like by the horns yeah and then uh yeah then you just chain it up to the the two toe ropes and they rope it around their saddle horns in and they go start taking off down the trail. Damn, so you just start, you just, uh, we kind of just, we knew there were some two track trails, so we cut it down the, you know, down the draws to where we could get to the two track trails. And, and every time there would be a downhill, Dan would go in front, Braxton would come in back to try and keep the sled from, you know, going out of control. And yeah, about two 30, we had it back to the truck and then you got to unload the sled. Cause it's, you Know it's a thousand pounds yeah. of meat and head and cape and everything, so the load you know, unload unload it, you know, by hand back into the truck and head off back to the hotel. So,
1: so uh, you shot it, bring it back. At what point are
2: you putting it in the U-Haul? Um, as soon as we got back to my cabin, oh, you threw so it my, in the back. The so, truck. my truck was sitting there at the at, at the at the at the at uh, heart six. Mm-hmm. We just basically <clears throat> took the truck and Packed it up and just shuttled <laughs> loads like you know one one quarter at a time into the bed of the truck and and then uh, yeah then Look, I let know? it I let it sit in the in the bed of the U-Haul it was uh, like ten degrees yeah so it so froze, it froze up. yeah, yeah. It froze solid yeah like it was great it was the best way to preserve meat so just, what
0: I don't know, this is probably a dumb question but like I'm just used to getting like you go to buy game bags at oh, wherever and they're oh, like the large oh. one. Like nothing yeah. would fit. Yeah, get in that's there. a good question. Kevin. Yeah. So <laughs> you put like one back strap in like the biggest size game bag you can find. <laughs> I brought,
2: so I brought four extra large game bags and those could legitimately double as a body bag. I can stand inside of them and I'm six foot tall and I can pull them up to my armpits. And Way over me. So to give you like, to give you a scale of like how big each quarter was, like, so the hind quarters are a little smaller. They're, you know, 120, 130. Uh-huh. They would fit in, in the game bag, in the game bag. The front shoulders, like, there was two feet of like, from basically the the, the knee, like up to the... up to the hoof was like sticking out.
1: Holy smoke. Man. Yeah,
2: So like they're legitimately like a, a front they're freaking huge. A front quarter is, you know, five feet tall. Oh five and a half feet tall gosh. yeah, gosh. and weighs 150 to 170 pounds yeah. just <laughs> unreal unreal i was shocked at like how little neck meat there is because it's all that front shoulder yeah and the back strap like where it attaches up there is two feet wide oh my two feet wide and maybe like <laughs> maybe almost a foot thick yeah oh i'd say 60 like uh, well forty percent of my meat was made up of just back backstrap. backstrap. Yeah.
1: Jeez. Unreal. Jeez. Five feet
2: long. Yeah. Fifty, sixty pounds.
1: Tell, tell uh everyone about the uh your Yetis.
2: Oh. So so I decided to do my own game processing. So once I got it loaded in the U-Haul, it's I had an easy to take task. Easy task, yeah. <laughs> so I had to I had to take my so what they do well, what um Wyoming Game and Fish makes you do is because there's a disease called brucellosis. Yep. Yeah. which can be transferred to cattle and stuff like that. Yep. And I guess humans can get it. I don't know what the side effects are. I, I guess I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you're supposed to take a vial of blood, arterial blood. So like when we cut open the neck. Brucellosis is,
1: is uh, super bad it's for a sheep, lung, right? It's a lung disease, Yeah. yeah. It's like pneumonia. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's something real bad in their lungs, yeah. yeah. It's like COVID. Yeah, it's like COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like COVID for animals. That we all have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, they make you take like two teeth and a vial of blood oh, for a biological wow. sample. Okay. And then you fill out your success card. And then you have to turn that into the Jackson Game and Fish within three days of being successful. Oh, wow. So that afternoon, after we got the meat loaded up, all cooled down... I drove into Jackson, dropped that off at Game and Fish, showed them some pictures, told them a little bit about the story. And, yeah. And I uh, thought it was cool. Every, oh, super cool. Yeah. Very, like they, the Game and Fish out in Jackson, in Wyoming is like they're just top-notch. Right? Yeah. They're unlike game wardens that I've met in other states. Yeah. 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 Specifically California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, super cool guys. Loaded the meetup decided like thursday morning hey i'm taking off like i'm gonna i'm gonna drive this meat back it's frozen solid yep and uh i'm just gonna gut it and and drive you know the the gps said it would be about 12 and a half 13 hours oh yeah Yeah. yes no not not in not in (laughs) not not in winter conditions yeah yeah (laughs) Not not in two wheel drive. Two wheel drive. Two wheel drive. Like <laughs> a thousand pounds of meat loaded down U-Haul. Uh, like it yeah. was, it was, uh, it was white knuckle um, all the way till I got
0: to El Dorado Hills. Oh, dude. And so, yeah. So, so then, what did you have to take the U-Haul back?
2: So I dropped the U-Haul truck off at the same place in Salt Lake. Oh. Luckily, I made it there in time. Uh-huh. I left at nine, got there at like four. So unloaded the U Haul into a U Haul box truck, it was still frozen solid. Oh, because box trucks you can take out of state. You can take out of state and drop off in a new location. Okay. You know. (laughs) Plus I mean it saved me so much money doing it that way. That's
1: actually really smart.
2: Shipping it, like having the meat done and then just the shipping alone to have it done in in Jackson would have been about a thousand to twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. To get the meat shipped.
1: Shipped, yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. That's So I chose to drive it. Yeah. And I white knuckled for 20 hours <laughs> yeah. all the way back to Sacramento. I got in, uh, left Jackson at nine o'clock, hit a bunch of storms on the way, had to reroute down 50 uh, through South Lake Tahoe yeah. because 80 got shut down because yep. of uh, a semi that jackknifed. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, actually driving uh, 395 between Jackson or between uh, Reno and Carson City. Like some Acura came flying up on me in the snow, and I'm looking at headlights, I'm looking at taillights, I'm looking at headlights. He's oh, yeah. straight fishtailing oh, sideways. Oh yeah, because
1: dude, we had a gnarly, gnarly storm. Yeah. Here. Yeah. yeah. Record storm. Yep. So you were driving through all that.
2: I was driving right through <laughs> it. Luckily, it had just passed. Yeah. So they had shut uh, 80 down because of because uh, of the semi. Yep. And yeah, so I took 395, like spur of the minute decision, like. I looked at I literally Red looked,
1: Bluff and go down 70, that whole deal? Or?
2: No, that was not an option either. Oh. They still had 70 closed. Oh, that's right. So it was either 80 or 395 or go down to like Barstow.
1: Bar, yeah. Wow. So
2: Jeez. luckily 50 was open. I, I looked on CHP website. They said, sure enough, semi-jackknifed. Like, the road's closed. like We don't know when it's going to be open. So I'm like, I got to get home tonight. You know, or today sometime.
0: Oh, you know, man, that's so, the worst when you think you're gonna get home and oh, then.
2: Oh, it added it added an extra two hours to my trip. Yeah, yeah like but you're I,
1: fully loaded, so you're like you're cho-
2: you're cruising. I thought I would get home about two a.m. I got home at four, like, and it was white knuckle all up fifty. Yeah, like the only time like I was able to relax on the whole drive, like I drank three monsters, which. Whatever, you know. It is you, what it is. You got to do what you got to do. You got to stay alive. You know, and it, but it was so white knuckle, like, the whole drive that, like, I didn't really relax until I was 30 minutes from my house. And then I started to get really sleepy. Oh, it was almost yeah. 4 o'clock. Yeah, it started to crash. So I, I rolled, like, manually rolled down the window. <laughs> and, like, I'm just shooting in 30-degree cold air, like, oh, yeah. trying to stay awake, yeah. get you, home. Need,
0: you need sunflower seeds then. Oh, yeah. yeah it was yeah.
2: it was bad. It was Dude, really bad.
1: That is Awesome. That's... So got home,
2: got all my gear out the truck, left the bison in the back, and then uh, dropped the U-Haul off. Tra- well, transferred the meat to my truck the next day on, um, that was Friday, and then uh, dropped the U-Haul off, drove the meat up to my parents' ranch in Chico, uh-huh. dropped the hide in the cape off with uh, Sean Taw's Toss Taxidermy, uh-huh. out of uh, Marysville, Yuba City. Good guy, yep. super cool guy. Yeah, awesome. And uh, yeah, then drove the meat up uh, to my parents' ranch. It was staying like in the low 40s, down to like low 20s at night. And so hung it in our barn. Um, good friend of ours, Jim Holt, used to be uh, a butcher at Chico State Farms. He said, you know, just spray it down with a mister of vinegar. Vinegar will, will keep any um, uh, bacteria from forming on it. Yeah, and just hang it. And wow. let it dry, you know. So that's what we did. Me and my dad unloaded it dude. in the barn and sprayed it down Spray with some red wine vinegar. Some... Yeah, and, and let it hang for two days, and then butchered it up uh, on Sunday um, that week. Yeah, dude, that is awesome. Spent 12 hours cutting. cutting so you meat. did backstrap, grind,
1: grind, and, and then, then steaks. steaks. Yep. And then uh, so, so to get back to your point, th- yeah, that's what I was leaving. To get to back you. to
2: your point. Uh, once we had it all cut up, I had a Yeti 160 and a Yeti 65. And just the steaks alone topped off the 160. It topped off the 65, both of them to the top. The Yeti 160 probably weighed, oh, it took four of us to move it. Like it was (laughs) probably 300 pounds. Oh my gosh. 300 pounds of just steak. And then, yeah, we ran it through the, we ran the scrap meat through the grinder and had probably 200 to 250 pounds of Damn. ground burger.
1: That is awesome. And we <laughs> yeah. just enjoyed some of that burger. Dude, it that was, was delicious,
0: delicious, phenomenal. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I'm feeling pretty guilty though. I told my daughter I would save her a piece, and I freaking totally forgot. <laughs> well, I just well, scarfed it down. Yeah, I have. I She's have like, "Did a, you save me a piece?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I have a <laughs> freezer." I'm so stacked sorry. <laughs> yeah.
2: Actually, I have three freezers stacked. For <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. So. We'll uh we'll definitely be doing this again. Oh yeah, wow. definitely. Yeah. Dude, that but is just awesome. I mean dude, an what an adventure, experience. dude. Yeah, like it's and, insane. And and my outfitter, Dan Martin, I just can't thank the guy enough. Like, just made a top notch trip. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. a phenomenal top notch yeah. trip. Everything I wanted it to be, you know, That's a funny. lifelong dream
0: came true. Isn't it is it its it true though, like when you have like those crazy moments, like whether it's like going up and down those steep Cliffs with the with the horse or the drive or like all the all the crappy parts of it and, are like the most mem like like the build the best memories. The right adversity right? is
2: always yeah. yeah.
0: I I knew like the hardest with, parts. I, guess, I knew that sad. I was going
2: to be successful after the flights got canceled and I had to drive from Salt Lake, white knuckle, almost killed two elk. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like you're like all right. I'm, it's destiny I'm is 100 going to kill a yeah. bison because yeah. the adversity has been against me. From the beginning, yeah. and that always leads to success. Yeah. yeah, dude, that is awesome. On all of my hunts, that's how it always is. Yeah. And you had I'm a one-way a...
0: ticket, too, so you had no choice. Had no yeah, no choice. <laughs> you were going yes. to back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One-way what? ticket, man. I like that dedication. That's, yeah. that's one so way, way to do all it. All or nothing. Yep. All or nothing. Dude, that's
1: cool. <laughs> to go from just applying online to having 500 pounds of meat in your freezer is pretty cool. It's, it's like, phenomenal, man. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it's an iconic animal. Yeah, I would you know say what I mean? like the history alone with that animal is just oh, it's
2: it's it's insane. I, we didn't even talk about the conservation. Like yeah. they were down to under, uh, I think under a hundred animals total yeah. in the whole United North, States, the whole North America. Yeah, and their recovery has just been something phenomenal. It should be it should be celebrated. I mean, it's 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 a shame to see that bison. By the cattle industry are not respected as much as they are. Yeah. The cattle industry really doesn't like them because of the brucellosis. But I mean, it's it's a, it's an American success story.
1: So, what was your guide? Um, did he have any like opinions about all that kind of stuff as well, or was he? No,
2: no. I mean, not really. We didn't touch on get, that. You too didn't much. really get into it, yeah. But you know he he's been guiding bison since, since 2017 when he got his um, he bought uh, an outfitting. An outfitter's uh, an outfitter was retiring, so he bought uh, their his permit. Yeah, and so they only allow so many permits. I think there's only three oh, total wow. for hunting bison in that uh, yeah. unit too.
1: That's cool. Hmm. Yeah, that is incredible, man. Yeah. Yeah, that is awesome.
2: It was phenomenal. That's insane. Phenomenal.
1: Yeah. yeah, thank you for telling us the story too. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm glad incredible. to get it like
2: finally out there. It's like look, people have been like I've been piecing it together here and there, and most of them I'm like. Just wait for the story to come out. It's going to happen. Yeah. I just don't want to sit down and tell this story like times. Well, 60 I remember when we, were,
1: when we were on the whiskey shoot, you were saying, like, you know, I, I drew this tag, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, dude, this is going to be insane. Because just from knowing Chris, I met Chris through uh, our mutual friend, Chris Morgan. And uh, he's like, dude, Chris is an outstanding hunter, blah, blah, blah. Well, after meeting you, I'm like, dude, every single hunt that he goes on turns into like, I think mostly because you don't uh, go home. I don't. No, no. <laughs> until you push it. I will push it right till like, <laughs>
2: like uh, last light, last day. Because I Cause think that's there's when another
1: podcast ensuing as is, is is bull elk uh, story New Mexico. In Mexico oh, because yeah. it's like... that was a journey. Yeah, because you told us that story
0: on the shoot. Yeah, yeah. when we yeah. were
1: talking about it on the shoot, I'm like, dude, Chris is out of control. He, he was not. He's never going to leave That New one, Mexico yeah. New Mexico. And he, that one
2: until doesn't he, even compare to Idaho. Oh yeah, Idaho was 162 miles on foot. Oh my! 162 God. miles to be successful.
1: Well, and that, and I think that's the funniest thing because, like, I'm I think about the way I hunt, and like I barely hunted this year, but I think about it, like I'm like, dude, if, if you go with a one way ticket, you're going to be successful, right? Because you're not leaving. You're, you not doing, to. you're not doing. You're not. Yeah.
2: So I like, was, set
1: yourself up for that. I was prepared to successful.
2: call work and be like. I quit. sorry i'm sick i got covid <laughs> yeah, yeah you know? exactly. or something like yeah. that like yeah I, i'm prepared to like we got 80 hours this. of covid pain okay. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly You're, like unfortunately you guys don't realize like how rare these tags are <laughs> yeah but i'm not not coming home yeah without exactly one. that's so, so yeah we we pretty much aged my bull at about uh anywhere from five to six years old oh wow yeah and i think okay. a real a real bull would be I think in the 10, 11 year old. Okay, yeah. But he yeah. just had all the characteristics that I was looking for. Yeah. I didn't want like a, a really broomed off one. He's yeah. got a lot of length. He's got a lot of mass that's so and he's cool. got really nice points. You yeah.
1: Know? Dude, that is so cool. And he's gonna I make- I can't wait to see the mount on him. Oh, he's thing, gonna dude. be phenomenal. Oh yeah. It's gonna it's be gonna, phenomenal. That's gonna I'll be bring good. the that's head awesome. over
2: once it's uh, done European mount. Yeah. So you can see like just the size. of this. The skull alone is probably 80 pounds. <laughs> It's It's insanity. Dude, I don't understand. I can't can't imagine. 80 (laughs) pounds in the skull alone. It's nuts. It's awesome, dude. And three feet wide. Three three feet feet long. Holy
0: smokes. Oh, yeah. Are they that big?
2: Yeah. Oh, Oh yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, from like point to point was probably at least, I would say, 30 inches wide, at least, just on his horns, but like. Just the depth of his head, yeah, like is legitimately probably three feet. Wow, it's just they're massive,
1: yeah, massive. That is so awesome, yeah. Well, dude, thank you, yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome story, yeah, dude. I appreciate both of you guys coming over. Thanks for helping, (laughs) yeah. I feel like you guys were like talking, and I was like. I'm, I'm enjoying listening because, <laughs>
1: dude, I'm like listening to the story. Yeah, it is yeah. captivating. I know. I'm just sitting here, like, here
0: for dang, two hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it goes by fast, huh? It does, it really does. Oh, oh, yeah. But there were a lot of
2: details that I didn't want to leave out. Yeah, like, exactly. And know. I got to thank my wife for like putting up with my oh, my yeah. obsession. Like, it's <laughs> big time. It's, you know, my wife Aisha, she's a saint. Like, she lets me spend money and do yeah. crazy stuff. And oh, yeah. She knows that's like where my heart's at.
1: You oh, know? dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's freaking awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Hell yeah. Well, well thank it, you, Sean, for yeah, having the cool. both yeah, of thank us on. You. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, seriously. It's fantastic. Yeah.
2: Whenever you want to do New Mexico elk, let me know. Dude,
0: let's do it. I'm down. We should yeah.
2: do it right before uh, uh, the, the application for New Mexico. Yeah. That's a good idea. Dude, yeah. Well, that's the thing.
1: We all need to go. Let's do it. We all need to plan an uh, elk hunt. Application. Yep. I'm down. So, I'm down. Yep. My buddy Jeff, you know Jeff Murphy, oh, yeah. he's down. I know he's down. Yeah, He's down. I know he's down. down. So, if we get all four, we would get we would get something going for sure. So, once yeah. you
2: hunt elk, you'll never want to hunt anything else. Dude, that's what Jeff me. You'll lose your mind, me. dude. He's like, "Don't even do it." When you have a big <laughs> yeah. giant bull elk screaming in your face at like 40 yards? Dude, I
1: can't I, you I can't even handle a turkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's like It's like
2: It's like turkeys on steroids. Yeah. Like, they make the ground shake like you can feel a turkey shake it a little bit on oh, a yeah. gobble. Yep. Bull elk just straight
0: rattles it oh, like earthquake yeah. style.
1: Yeah, see I I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah, you'll feel your pants. <laughs> <Yeah. so> that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah.
0: Well sweet. Right on. Thank you guys. Yeah. Appreciate you coming. Yeah. Awesome. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Instagram at mountain.vision or my personal Instagram page at Blue Collar Harvester. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.